It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Philip Rostenreich of Locked On Magic. Today is May 27th, 2020. Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Magic, Locked On Grizzlies host Sean Coleman and I discuss the pros and cons of the NBA's return to play, proposals that are floating around the internet, and why we believe that the eighth seed in the East and the West, the Magic and the Grizzlies, need to play their way in. This is a full episode, so I wanted to come in here and introduce it before we get going and we play the intro music and start things off. So enjoy today's episode of Locked On Magic with our guests from Locked On Grizzlies, Sean Coleman. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. My regular co-host Mark King was not able to be with me today, but just like we did last week, I am very privileged to be joined in a collab simulcast episode, whatever you want to call it, with Locked On Magic host, um, Philip. it's Philip Rossman Wright, correct? Philip, how are you correct. doing? That is correct. I am doing really, really well. I've got uh, they're showing classic Magic games on Fox Sports Florida uh, as we're recording this, so I, I am enjoying the good days uh, in Magic history right now. But uh, I'm happy to talk a little bit mo- more modern basketball uh, today. Agreed. And now we've gotten a little bit of uh, history when it comes to the Magic uh, with the Last Dance and other things. Of course, us being here in Memphis, you know, the Magic in Memphis have a pretty good connection with Penny Hardaway. So seeing him featured in the Last Dance and getting you know reminiscent about his days with the Magic. I mean, for those of us who are I'm not a Tigers fan myself, but I am a Grizzlies fan. Philip, I don't know. It may have been before your time, but how big is Penny still in Orlando from his time with the Magic, even with it being two decades later? Penny Penny is probably still one of the most popular players in, in Magic history and in Orlando history. When when uh, he comes to Orlando with, with Memphis uh, to, to play UCF, he still gets pretty sizable cheers. And it's, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy, actually, because the, the team had him in for their 25th anniversary uh, now six years ago. And he, you know, it was the first time that he'd really been back in Orlando since he left. And he didn't leave on the greatest of terms. But I remember him saying in the press conference that he, w- he wasn't sure what his reception would be uh, for that for his return because it was such an acrimonious uh, departure. But he was cheered. Um, everyone, lo- everyone loves him, I think. Everyone still has a lot of fondness for Penny. And, you know, if, if, if Memphis is his home, which it is his home, it is his true home, Orlando's definitely his second home. And, and, and I think everyone in town is always happy when Penny is back home, um, you know, because we will call this his home too. Uh, and, and everyone thinks back on him and his time with the Magic uh, with nothing but fondness. And, and, and I, like I said, I think Penny is, is one of the most popular players in franchise history. Another of the franchise's great players, and Tracy McGrady, who grew up in nearby Auburndale, Florida, 
you know, said he wore number one because of Penny. So a lot of a lot of Penny is still very much in this Magic franchise and in, in this Magic history beyond his tenure with the team. And the thing that I'll say is, is that that's that's the thing about uh, you know Penny here is that you know he's a great guy and he also is, was was a great player. Obviously, one of the bigger what if uh, scenarios that's kind of been the theme of us, but one of the bigger what if scenarios um, in, in recent memory when it comes to an NBA player. But you know the reason why uh, we are first off one of the big reasons why we're able to do this show today is Built Bar, and uh, we do, certainly don't want to uh, go too far into the episode without acknowledging them. They are a, a title sponsor for the Locked On uh, podcast, um, and we we certainly can promote uh, their product. Now, I, I know myself I've enjoyed their product. How about you, Philip? Have you have you run out of the uh, supply that they sent you? Uh, I you know I, I ran out of it so fast. I mean, I, I'm I'm not the biggest workout guy, but but it's it, it's good to have a a, a protein bar and, and kind of a, a a a bar like that 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 tastes good. You know, it's so hard to find a, a good tasting protein bar, and and I've been really really impressed and happy with with Built Bar. And I can certainly tell you that here in a few, you know, a little bit later on the episode, we'll give you some details, but we can't thank them enough, obviously, as our title sponsor. But the big reason why we wanted to look at this episode, there has been a lot of talk outside, um, you know, leading up to the NBA season of what's going to happen when it's back. How's it going to look? What's going to be the format? What makes the most sense for all teams involved? You've heard a lot of talk from teams outside the current playoff structure saying we want a chance. Damian Lillard of the Trailblazers has been very outspoken in regards to this. You've heard a lot of their, you know, claim as, as to why they should be included, why they should have a chance. But we wanted to give you a little bit of an understanding of how the current teams in the eighth positions in the West and East, you know, how we feel about it. And, and, and you know, when it really comes down to it, you know, we actually kind of agree with Damian Lillard. I know you um, had some 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 pretty interesting thoughts about what Lillard has been saying, Philip. So, so what do you feel, you know, when you first think about instead of just having going straight to the playoffs and having 16 teams like you usually would, how valid do you think the claims are that Damian Lillard is saying that, you know, the Trailblazers and the other teams outside the playoffs should have a chance? Yeah, I mean, I I I get the point that Damian Lillard's trying to make. I mean, he said essentially that if if his Portland Trailblazers don't have a chance to to make the playoffs, he's not going to show up at, at Disney or in Orlando or, or, or wherever they decide to hold uh, the, the rest of the season. He's not going to show up and, and play. And, you know, I, I get that. I mean, you know, I, we are hitting a point where, you know, it feels like it's safe and, and you can pull this off and, and, and test players and make sure that they're healthy and safe and they can get through to the end of the season without, without contracting the virus. It does feel like we have it at least under control enough to do that in a, in a small setting like the NBA is trying to set up. But there's still no reason to take an unnecessary risk. And, and you know, if I were a team that were far outside the playoffs or outside the playoffs, I wouldn't feel like there's much incentive to throw my best players in uh, and potential, you know, risk potential major injury if I have nothing to gain from it. Um, because, you know, they all these guys have been off for two, three months now. You know, it's going to be longer before we get going. They're they're just it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, even from a team perspective, not just from a player perspective, from a team perspective, to throw these guys out there. So, if the NBA is planning to have, you know, a a, a regular season to to kind of finish things up and to give some of these teams maybe outside the playoffs a chance or or bring some of these teams outside the playoffs to the bubble site or to the campus site, they got to have a reason to be there. They got to have some incentive to play and play hard. 
Otherwise, the basketball is going to be ragged and, and the results aren't going to be good for, for anyone, both the results on the court as well as, you know, potentially you know, the, the results for how it looks and, and, and what teams are going to get out of this, out of this whole situation. So, you know, I, I, I think there are no perfect solutions. I think that's the first thing we always have to say when we're talking about this. But at the end of the day, if you're going to Disney, if you're going to be on, on the NBA campus for the next, you know, couple of, couple of months, you need a reason to be there. You need to have something to play for. And if you have nothing to play for, I don't get why you even show up and risk it. And I think that's a great point. You know, let, let's put it this way. Let, 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 let's set it where it is right now. The Grizzlies at this point in time, they are 32 and 33. They are three and a half games up in the Western Comp standings um, over the Portland Trailblazers and the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings. The Orlando Magic right now, they have 30 wins and they are five games up on the Washington Wizards. Now, the thing about it is, is that the race in the West, even though there's one and a half game difference, only one and a half game difference, the race in the West is a lot more uh, compelling than the race in the East. It, it just is. The, 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 right now, the 13th team in the West has a better record than the ninth place team in the East. So I get it. And the, another thing to consider about the West is that there are one of the, the big reasons why the Grizzlies are in the eighth spot, whereas the Pelicans and the Trailblazers are in the ninth and tenth spot, is the schedule. That should not be ignored. The Grizzlies have had a very easy schedule, and they had a very hard one, you know, for the rest of the season that at this point is canceled. The Trailblazers and the um, Pelicans had a very easy schedule the rest of the way. That is a point that should not be ignored. So if the NBA wants to get it right, that's one thing to consider. However, for the Magic and the Grizzlies, it definitely should also not be watered down the success that they have had. They are both young teams, and they also have you know exceeded expectations, to be honest, this year. So the fact that they're there, even though they may have had tough schedules, they have exceeded, or easy schedules, they have exceeded expectations. The Pelicans and the Trailblazers, they've had injuries, but that's expected. So whenever the NBA is considering all of this, those are a couple of points that they have to consider. Yes, you want to consider the fact that the difference in schedule strengths is certainly a point to you know make, but you also cannot water down. I mean, you can't set the precedent of just saying that the eighth place team, it, it doesn't matter uh, because you know the season got suspended or whatever. It should matter. And so I think that both sides have valid points. So if that's the case, Philip, do you feel it makes sense, you know, for there to be playing tournaments for just the eighth spot? Or should it be a more bigger scale picture where all of these teams get a fair shake based off where they stand right now? You know, the, the way that the standings are set up right now, um, you know, I, I think that a, a, a sort of play-in tournament for the eighth seed does make a little bit more sense. Um, you know, probably more in the West than the East because because Washington is five and a half games back of Orlando and 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 five and a half games with 17 to go is doable but not impossible. To, to, to me, um, you know, it's really if, if you're gonna do like a play in tournament like that, you still have to advantage the teams that have the pole position. And like I said, I mean I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, the East and West are very different playoff races. I know Memphis has a three and a half game lead, and that's that's slightly that's a slightly more a different thing than than what the Magic have. But there's no perfect solution. Someone's always going to come out on the losing end, no matter what decision they make. But a play-in tournament of some type to incentivize teams that do go uh, to the to the campus site and, and do play whatever they decide to do with the regular season, well, you know, however they decide to finish the regular season. I know one of the proposals is maybe playing 
five regular season games at the campus site and then going into either the playoffs or into a into a, a play-in game tournament. You know, if you do that, if you do that, if you play five games uh, to finish up the regular season, well, the Magic have just clinched your playoff spot by default. And so what reason does Washington have to be there? Why why bring Bradley Beal, who, you know, is a huge, a huge questions about this summer? Why, you know, again, you get into that issue of are you incentivizing teams? I mean, even, even if you do a five-game regular season, that means essentially Portland, Sacramento, New Orleans, San Antonio, they all got to be perfect or they're eliminated. So you, you don't create a lot of drama that way. You don't incentivize these teams to play. Uh, and so creating, you know, uh, some type of play in tournament or, you know, what's, what's been going around a lot today, which, I, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, uh, potential group play where, you know, every team kind of gets a little bit more of a fair shake to try to try and advance. You know, I think that that's, that's something that you have to do if you're going to take more than just the 16 teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Everyone has to have a reason to be there. Everyone has to have something to play for if they're going to, you know, make the expense, if they're going to make the effort, they're going to go through all the testing because, you know, the testing is, it, it, I don't think, you know, it's, it's more convenient now, but it's still not the greatest thing in the world from what I hear. Um, if they're going to make that effort, they all got to have a reason to, to do so. And the thing is, is that, you know, through just some of the different ideas that have been thrown out there, it seems like that that's the focus of the NBA. How do you come up with something that truly incentivizes and benefits all of the teams that realistically have a chance to be in the playoffs or had a chance to make the playoffs if the season were have were have to continued under normal, normal circumstances? We'll get into that in just a second, but back to our sponsor, Built Bar. Now, you know, they've been our sponsor for, for, for a bit now, and I can tell you this, both me and Philip have gone through the supplies they were sent to us. The thing about Built Bar, the amazing thing about it is that, you know, yeah, you've got these protein bars that are tasty. You've got these protein bars that are built strictly for health. Built Bar is built for both. It's both tastes good and healthy. If you're listening to the Locked On Podcast while you're working out or whether it's in your morning routine why not have it with a built bar? Now, now, Philip, I don't know about you. I typically would do it before I went on a walk. When do you think that you might incorporate having the built bar in your daily routine? I, I usually grab a built bar or, or really any kind of protein bar, uh, like right after I work out. Like I'll I'll have maybe a uh I'll go go work out, make some lunch, add add a kind of protein bar in there as an as an extra protein booster as as a snack after I work out, kind of in the mid afternoon after lunch, just kind of an, a little bit of an energy boost after going, going for a run, you know, obviously we're all trying to practice some social distancing. You know, I, I go run around Lake Eola here in Orlando. I come home, you know, I'm a little sweaty. It's, it's starting to get hot down here in Florida. Um, I'll grab the built bar as, as a little protein snack and a little energy boost to get me through the rest of my day. And the thing about it is, is that we definitely want to, you know, incorporate both enjoying a built bar and the locked on podcast network. Anytime you're working out, however you may fit it into the daily routine, we want you to fit both of them in there. So, you know, if you go to built bar, builtbar.com right now and you use the promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. And I can almost guarantee it won't be your last. So again, if you go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. Before we continue, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with you here on the, this collab episode between the Locked On Grizzlies and Locked On Magic podcast. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies and Locked On Magic. Simulcast, whatever word you use to do it, me and Philip are here, um, you know, talking about the best scenario for the NBA when it comes back. So, Philip, me and you talked about this a little bit before the episode started. That, you know, okay, obviously you've got the incentive for the teams outside of the playoffs if you expand up or do a play-in tournament. But you also had some pretty good points about how do you um, incentive, what's the incentive for the Grizzlies and the Magic? And it goes beyond, you know, just them being in the playoffs. They're actually are getting an advantage if there were a play-in tournament. You brought off a very good point about making sure that this is realistic as possible for these young teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know I've had a lot of debate with with Magic fans over the course of the last few last two seasons as the Magic have kind of fought and, and battled their way into the playoff picture um, about what really is the value of the playoffs. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people that think the lottery is is a little more valuable in getting top end talent, but I've always argued that look, getting into the playoffs, the process of getting into the playoffs, managing a season, uh, fighting your way in, and then experiencing the pressure and preparation it takes to make the playoffs is the game, especially for young teams, for teams that have never experienced this kind of high-level basketball. Uh, and so to me, what's really what, what's really important for a young team like the Magic, and I'm sure a young team like the Grizzlies with, you know, with all the talent that they have that they're trying to grow, the most important thing is not necessarily getting into the playoffs because, you know, facing the Lakers, facing the Bucks, you know, it, it, it those, you know, we're realistic, you know, barring something crazy. And yes, in 1999 and 2012, the two lockout shortened seasons, the eight seeds beat the one seed. Um, you know, Derek Rose's injury had a little something to do with, with the one in 2012, but um, the odds of an eight seed beating a one seed in, in any situation are really small. We're, we're not pretending that, that either of our teams are going to advance out of the first round. If they did, it'd be a miracle and everyone would love the season forever. Um, but What's important for these two teams is the ability to play your way in. It's beating those teams late in the season when your back's against the wall. Um, you know, the story that I, I've been telling a lot lately is last year when the Magic made the playoffs for the first time in seven years, the most important and the biggest game of the year was not the game one victory over the Raptors. That was just icing on the cake. The game that I think really meant the most to everyone on the team and really showed how much growth and progress they'd made was beating the Boston Celtics on the road to clinch their playoff spot in the penultimate game. Cause if they didn't win that game, they would have been in a, in a virtual, in a real play in game on the last day of the season against Charlotte Hornets on the road. So there was very, very real pressure on the magic to win that game in Boston and take care of their business early. And the fact that they did that showed, I think everyone that this was a legitimate playoff team. And I think it's really, really important and really beneficial for young teams to go through that and to experience not just a playoff series and understand what's different about a playoff series, but to go into pressure games and win them. That's where you see the real growth from these teams is when you get into pressure games and you win them. And especially for a team like the Grizzlies with a rookie like John Morant, 
and, and another young guy in Jaron Jackson Jr., getting them into pressure games and seeing how they handle that pressure and experiencing that pressure where they absolutely have to win. That's what that's where growth really comes from, I feel like, in, in the NBA is, as you as you kind of grow and progress. And I agree with that. And let's not, you know, let's not ignore the fact that for for you know the for the Magic and Grizzlies fans, yeah, we're gonna have the biggest arguments against these other teams currently outside the playoffs having a chance. We definitely don't want for the the spots that we've earned to be watered down. But you also don't want to ignore the fact that for the NBA in general, any type of, uh, of playing tournament or if you expand the tournament to where maybe you get, you know, 24, 20 teams, something like the NHL did, that product is going to be much more marketable, much more compelling, uh, much more interesting. It's going to be a, a bigger get for fans. And so that definitely is a focus. But like you said, getting the Grizzlies in those play-in games or getting them into important games to move on in the playoffs versus just having them, you know, basically be, you know, a, a step for the uh, Lakers to, you know, go 4-0, and I think that definitely does it. I think that if you expand the playoffs or do the play-in tournament, it's going to be a naturally better product for the NBA as long as you give the Grizzlies and Magic the, an advantage for already being in the eighth spot. But this also, like you said, does allow for them to be able to be in those pressure cooker situations, get an understanding of what it's like to make the playoffs. So in the end, I definitely feel like, and Philip, you can back me up on this, However, the NBA decides that it wants to work this out. I do think that you can't just go with the natural rest of the regular season up to like 70, 72 games or the playoffs as they normally are. You've got to expand them in some way, shape, or form, and you've got to do it in a way that really allows for everybody to get an advantage. So of all the different mentions that have been out there, the different ideas, Philip. What do you think makes the most sense for everybody to have an advantage or, or to gain benefit from if they modify the playoffs? How can everybody who has a realistic shot benefit? Yeah, I, I think I think the the best idea that I've seen, um, you know, I think there's there's another idea that which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later uh, that involves sort of a World Cup style group play. But the best idea that I've seen is and that I know the NBA's bounced around is is their original idea for the seven eight for the seven eight play in tournament. Uh, and what that essentially would be is the team that finishes seventh plays the team that finishes eighth. Um, and the winner gets the seventh seed. So, you know, you get a little bit of an incentive for a team like the Grizzlies that's pretty far back of Dallas to to go to 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 move up a spot and, and get a better playoff spot. And so you get that playoff pressure. The loser of that seven eight game plays the winner of the nine ten game. So the ninth place team plays the tenth place team. So the loser, the loser of seven eight plays the winner of nine ten. But then the winner of 9-10 has to beat the loser of 7-8 twice. So you get kind of a free pass. You're like, you're, you're in, you finish eighth, you get that advantage of having to lose twice in a tournament. The other team has to beat you twice. They have to win three times to win the tournament. Whereas you only have to win really once, um, you know, to, to, to get in. So that gives us, especially with the way the standings are kind of situated now, where the Magic have such a big lead on the Wizards and, and the Grizzlies, you know, three and a half with 17 to go is not impossible, but it is, it is still a pretty substantial, it's still a pretty significant lead, I feel like. Um, it, it gives those teams that, that earn their playoff spot, that, you know, are being thrown into this kind of weird situation, it gives them the, the ability to make some mistakes, to, to still ha- to have the advantage of that playoff spot, but still gives the teams beneath them something to play for and a reason to show up 
and potentially get into that playoff field. Because again, the issue here is you got to, you want these teams on the end, these young teams, because, you know, typically your seventh and eighth seed teams in the playoffs are your future, you know, next teams. They're the young teams that are, that are just figuring out the playoffs for the first time. You want them to play their way in. You want them to go through these battles because that makes them better. That makes the product better, you know, two, three, four, five years down the road, you know, having Luka Doncic have to win his way into the playoffs, I think that helps that helps the, the NBA tremendously. Having to have Ja Morant win his way into the playoffs, I think that helps the NBA out tremendously. And, and you get the benefit of this tournament tournament style where you get, you know, some pretty, pretty solid marquee matchups of, of teams that are desperate to get in, that this really means something to be the seven or eight seed. Because you know, typically you're not going to see veteran, you're not going to see veteran teams down this low that that are really fighting for their spot in the playoffs. And I agree completely. I I think that that modified way of doing it still creates the advantage for those who are already in the playoffs, gives a a realistic chance to those who are outside of the playoffs, and does it in a way that is compelling. Again, everybody benefits. The league, these teams, the young players, on, on so many levels. That's the big key of all this. If you're going to make this happen, if you're going to make the NBA come back, you can't just go through the motions. You have to do it in a way that's going to make it worth it for not only the players and the league itself, but you know, the league may not care that much, but us fans, you know, we, it has to be something that makes sense. It can't just be back to be back. It's got to be back in a way that's going to benefit as many people as possible. And I think the breakdown that you just gave is the perfect scenario before we continue on and and talk about how now. And before, before, before we move on though, but like kind of adding to that as well, you know, we're talking here of, you know, training camp starting in mid-June, season restarting in mid-July. You don't want to just throw teams straight into high-pressure playoff games. I, I think that's something that the NBA yeah. wants to avoid, too. They want to give these teams a chance to get them or some, themselves back into rhythm. So there needs to be some type of regular season before we get to any of this. There needs to be some type of warm-up games, whether they count, whether they're exhibition games or not. There need each team, not just the teams that we're talking about here at the bottom of the standing, so to speak, but even the teams at the top, they need the opportunity, they need the chance to get themselves better. And of course, just finding a way to balance everything, I think is is going to be the real tricky part of of all this and setting up the schedule. And that's why I think you know another idea is is is, is potentially going to take hold here. And the thing about it is also you take attention away from the main goal, which is to make this as normal as possible and to give the best teams, you know, as much of an advantage as they get. Just like the Grizzlies or Magic should get an advantage against those teams outside the playoffs, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Raptors, they should get an advantage above teams like the Grizzlies and the and the Magic. As you pointed out, you get these teams playing together just right off the bat in a playoff series, Rust is there. There's a better chance that the Grizzlies and Magic pull off an upset, you know, if for some reason they come in better trained or whatever it may be, just right off the bat. So getting everybody that warm up back into the groove of things, that also increases the chances for the league that things stay like the status quo would be in most years, which obviously has value, you know, in itself. But speaking of all that's going on right now, you know, a lot of us are dealing with stuff that we have not dealt with before. We're in situations where we may have to try new things or we may have to learn new ways to get things done. And one of our other sponsors, uh, one of the more interesting sponsors that I have used myself is Blinkist. Uh, What Blinkist is, is a really unique 
app that works on your phone, tablet, or web browser. And what it does, it takes the best takeaways from like different books and sources of information and puts it into 15 audio, 15 minute audio and, and, and readable resources to really help you learn about new subjects that can make you a better professional, make you more informed about different subjects. Now, I know I've used Blinkist to look up different subjects. How about you, Philip? Have you felt that through using Blinkist, you become more knowledgeable in some subjects that you wanted to know for a while about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think it does. I think Blinkist has such a really incredible library of of books that just give you all kinds of information. I mean, I, I'm a big nonfiction reader. I, I love reading about what makes champions tick. I mean, I, I read read I read the Red Arbach book uh, that that John Feinstein wrote. I, I've re- I've read about Matt, you know, the Magic and Bird book. You know, I'm I'm always interested in in trying to understand you know how winners win and and how leaders lead. And, and Blinkist has so many great titles. Uh, really best, all the best sellers on leadership that that just kind of give you little little nuggets of information that can help make you a better person individually. And the thing about it is, is that Blinkist is a great opportunity for you to learn. I, I've always told people I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn new things. And if you're like that, Locked On is offering a great opportunity right now through Blinkist. For a limited time, we have a special offer. If you go to Blinkist.com slash MBA, you can try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash MBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you also receive 25% off, but only if you use Blinkist.com slash MBA. Blinkist is a great source for knowledge. Like the Locked On podcast, Blinkist can offer you the opportunity to learn new things and make you a better you. We'll be right back with you with the Locked On Grizzlies and Locked On Magic podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back. And in this final segment, you know, Philip, we've talked a little bit about, obviously we've talked a lot about how in the present the NBA needs to get this right. They certainly need to modify what's worked in the past. In the present, they need to make it to work to where it can benefit and there needs to be incentive for all the teams involved. And we've discussed ways that that may make sense. But there's been a lot of ideas thrown out there. And it seems like that the NBA, as it's gone through the progression of considering these ideas, more benefits have popped up as a new idea has taken a foothold. There's For years, there's been a discussion, though, about how the NBA's playoffs in general should be modified, should be made to be a better product. Maybe it's because the West has, has been more talented than the East, whatever that source is. My big question to you, though, especially for Grizzlies fans and Magic fans, two teams with their focus on the future despite their success in the present, how do you think modifications in this year's playoffs could impact the playoff structure going forward? I mean, obviously, you know, the NBA uh, under Adam Silver specifically has been very open to new ideas. Um, they've, they've been willing to take in new ideas, uh, ways to change their product and, and hopefully make it better. And so, you know, there, you know, the, the play in tournament idea that I talked about, that's something that the NBA has actually talked about. And, you know, these circumstances certainly create an opportunity to implement them, to, to, to try them out. Um, you know, you, you know, as long, you know, as long as the teams you really care about advance, uh, you know, deep into the playoffs, 
this is a perfect time to say, you know, let's experiment with us. Let's see if this works. Let's see how teams like it. Let's see how players like it. Let's see how fans and television audiences like it uh, and, and go from there. Um, you know, obviously like the NBA is fairly predictable. Um, you know, I, you know, I think, I think, you know, when I've approached a lot of these problems, I I've been very keen to say, we've got to protect the regular season. We've got to protect, you know, those top four teams because essentially, you know, with all apologies to the 1995 Houston Rockets, actually, I don't apologize to them. Um, it's very, very <laughs> rare that a team outside the top two, maybe three seeds gets to the NBA finals and, and wins a championship. It's usually your top two seeds from either conference that that's going to eventually win the thing. So I do think that the NBA in this situation does have the ability to experiment a little bit with, you know, teams that are sort of in where our teams are situated, where the magic and Grizzlies are situated. And that's why a, a sort of playoff plus as Sham Sharani described it, or a play in tournament of some kind, I think makes sense as an experiment at this time. Like I'm still going to say, I don't know about you, that I'm still going to say the Magic made the playoffs this year. You know, like, you know, we can all we can always say like at the time of the season went on hiatus, the Magic were a playoff team, and in that sense, this season was something of a success for them. You know, they 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 proved that they are a playoff team for second straight year, and that's valuable to me. Whether they actually get into what what we'll call the quote unquote playoffs or into the kind of tournament field, I certainly want to see them do that because I think there's a lot of value there for a young team. But at this point. That isn't maybe the most important thing. That's why I'm not for the Magic getting an automatic buy into the playoffs because I think there are more important things that they could gain from having to play their way in. And so I think that this is definitely an opportunity for the NBA to experiment a little bit, to try some new things out, some of the ideas that they've maybe been banding about, and see if they actually work. I mean, take a look at what they did with the All-Star game this year, trying out the Elam ending and giving it kind of a big stage to see if it really worked. I think the success that the Elam ending showed in the All-Star game Will, will eventually lead to the NBA experimenting with it a little bit more and testing it out in the G League. This is a perfect opportunity to experiment, you know, not something fundamental like that, but experiment a little bit with the playoff seeds because let's be frank, the Milwaukee Bucks are probably not losing to whoever the eight seed is. The Los Angeles Lakers are probably not losing to whoever the eight seed is. It's not going to affect the big picture at the end of the day. Agreed. And the big picture is certainly deserves to be stayed in, to stay in place. But I also think that there's nothing wrong with while that that big picture in terms of who should be there in the final, you know, in the in the uh, semifinals and then the finals. You want to protect that. You want the best teams to have the chance to play there at the end of the day. That's what's going to appeal to the most fans. That's what's going to make the best product. But I also think that if you change up the playoffs, there is a lot of incentive in creating new opportunities, new matchups. Now. I don't know about you, Philip, but I will tell you out West, you know, especially like during the Grizzlies grit and grind run and here recently over the past few years, you know, during the Grizzlies run, it always seemed like we, we ran into the Clippers or the Thunder, the Spurs or the Warrior or, or the Spurs, you know, here recently, it's been the, it's been the Rockets and, and, and the uh, um, um, Warriors, you know, it, it's been, other, you know, the Trailblazers last year were, were, were a nice thing to see. They were a nice team to, they were different from what we had been used to seeing. It had been the Warriors and the Cavs and the finals, but it'd been the same two or three teams at the top of each conference in time i think that you know while that doesn't really get stale a change is a nice way of doing things so my question to you is this philip do you when you look at the playoff structures and all that being changed do you feel like there's a benefit in reseeding one through 16 one through 20 whatever it may be or do you think that it should stay you know pretty structured and that you know you do have a western and eastern conference you just kind of change up how the seedings may be 
or expand the playoffs to give more teams a chance to make it in through each conference. Do you feel that they should change it up, you know, in drastic form or just change it up and keep the Western and Eastern Conference, you know, in traditional form, but allow more teams to have a chance to, to make it into the playoffs? I mean, if, if there is, if there was a time, if there were an opportunity to test all this out, this is the time. Everyone's in one spot. Everyone's in one location. You know, this is this is a time to kind of see what that looks like and what that feels like. Um, I personally am not so on board with that. Um, not not because I'm an e- I, I'm following an East team, and and you know, I I fully recognize that while the Magic are 16th uh, among all NBA teams, if they were playing a Western Conference schedule, they probably wouldn't be 16th. They they probably be behind Portland. They probably be behind New Orleans. They probably be with Sacramento and San Antonio, kind of in the playoff race, but but on the outside looking in. I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend otherwise. But that's also the point, though. The way the rules were set up at the beginning of the season, the way the understanding of, of everyone in the league every year is you play your teams in your conference X amount of times, you play teams within your divisions, with divisions are becoming even more meaningless a certain amount of times. And, and that's how the schedules are set up. So the very kind of basis of the league setup is with this idea in mind for the playoffs. So... I don't think permanently we should we could see a change like this, but obviously these are unprecedented circumstances. What we're going to see when the league picks back up in in a couple months is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. And because you know, and and I think the East West distinction still matters because of travel. Like you know, you say what you want about it, and especially now in you know the time of the coronavirus, travels a little more leery and a little bit more cautious. Um, I, I don't think that we will see that dramatic of a change, but um, I, I think that this is an opportunity to, if it's an idea they wanted to try out, there is a way that I think they could do it and experiment a little bit with it while still maintaining sort of the integrity of of the of the standings and of the schedule as it is. I'm not sold that it's an idea that that's seriously on the table. Obviously, the owners of the East probably won't go for it because they know the West is. Frankly, you know, more teams in the West are better run and, and better for that reason. So they they want to get their keep their playoff money, but it would be a complete restructuring of the league if they got rid of the East-West distinction. And here's the thing: they've even talked about the potential of a team like Memphis. Memphis is is potentially an interesting site because if they add eventually add more teams into the league, Memphis may be someone who could go over to the East, balance yep. it out. That's another conversation entirely. But the whole thing, I'll get your thoughts on that in just a second. But I do agree with you on one big point that I think is not being discussed as much as it should. The thing about it is this, is that the NBA, it, it, there's nothing wrong necessarily with the product of the NBA. It's an it's an exciting product. Yes, it has its flaws. But in general, I think Adam Silver has handled this um, quite well. He's handled the transition from David Stern quite well. The product has continued to grow. But there has been a call for change on many different levels, from the fans, the players, the league itself, whatever it may be. I agree with you on the point that if there was ever a time to do it, it's now. Even if they don't necessarily get it perfect with this opportunity, with what they've got going on in these unprecedented times, even if they don't get this perfect, it is the perfect time to implement changes that they've been talking about for a while. And to fully commit to these changes to make the overall product of the NBA better. Because if you don't, if you don't take this opportunity to make the product better, I think then you risk the chance of becoming stale. It's just as if the over the past several years, all this talk about change has been just for, for the sake of creating narratives, for you know getting stories out there. If you've been talking about it, 
You now have a reason to do it. Make the most of it and make it happen. One more thing before we get into, you know, talking uh, just a couple more questions about the Magic and Grizzlies directly. Do you feel as if we go into July, August, Philip, and it winds up being that the NBA season's not really done until September? Do you feel that any changes that may come about in the 2021 season, in the regular season, due to this season dragging on, do you feel that that changes the start of the regular season permanently going forward? You know, I think the NBA is going to to study a lot of things. Uh, you know, I think that what we'll see happen is I, I do think we will see the NBA season kind of bleed into Labor Day. You know, I think I think the finals, you know, I think the one thing the NBA is very cognizant of and, and going to be very cautious about is they want the season done before the NFL starts. They don't want NBA finals games going up against Sunday night football because the NFL is not moving for them. So I, I do think that that's something that the NBA is cognizant about. And I do think we'll see the NBA kind of end a little bit before Labor Day in, in late August, early September. With that said, then too, I think we'll also see the NBA pick up its season again uh, around Christmas, if not on Christmas. And, you know, last time they did that was the 2012 lockout season. They played 66 games. It would not surprise me if, depending on how ratings are looking with, with, the, NBA, with the NBA games that, that are picked back up and, and the feedback that they get from teams, because, you know, we talk about all the changes that Adam Silver wants to make and, and has proposed. The one thing that I think is really important to come out of all that is they haven't done anything without first consulting the owners and consulting the players. Everyone has been involved in all these decisions. And I think that's been the case, uh, as far as I understand, that's been the case with the NBA making these decisions about how to restart the season. They've been very, very hands-on talking to both the players and the owners and figuring out a way to make it work for both and, and do something that both sides can and do agree upon. And, and you know, you heard, you know, the, 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 you heard that like Michelle Roberts, the head of the Players Association, was on a conference call with with all the teams, with all the players on every team, um, and kind of laid out all the options that are in front of the players. So everyone is making it's. It feels like at least everyone is collaborating to make all these changes and make these decisions, and everyone is informed about what these decisions mean. So I, I think it's very possible that if you know ratings are good for these summer NBA games, that the NBA does take next season, take maybe the 2021 season to experiment a little bit further to say, okay. We're going to start in Christmas. We, you know, we might play a shortened season so that we can get back to our regular calendar. If you know, kind of pull the plug a little bit, um, you know, maybe play like a seventy-two game schedule or seventy-game schedule, uh, and end the playoffs again in August and see how that works and how that looks. And if that doesn't look good, then maybe they go back to a more normal schedule the following year. I mean, it's going to be a while before the NBA can get back to a normal schedule, just because the schedule is so abnormal now. There's no way they could start games in October um, if they finish the season. Um, so, you know, you're looking at already pushing 2021 back to December and you're probably looking at pushing 2022 back until at least around Thanksgiving, I would think would be the earliest that they could start the, the 2022 season, Thanksgiving 2021. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's something, you know, the one thing about the NBA is they study everything. They they don't make decisions just had out of hand. They really analyze and study everything before making a decision and deciding what changes they need to make. So that's our thoughts as far as, you know, how does this whole situation impact the eighth place seeds? How do we think it should impact those out of the playoffs, those throughout the different seedings in the playoffs? How it should affect the present and the future? But before we end this um, opportunity, and, and Philip, I will say this, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk with you and to pick your brain a bit. 
But just want to get your thoughts about the Grizzlies. As someone who's covering a team, a young team on your end, uh, a team that is a bit opposite of the Grizzlies in terms of their style of play, from afar, your opinion of, of how Memphis has, has really done well with this rebuild and just you know how you think the Grizzlies will continue to evolve as a team in the NBA with their core. Yeah, well, and obviously the last, you know, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to mention this. The last game that either the Magic or the Grizzlies played was against each other uh, the day before the season. The season was shut down. Um, and, and that game was a, a real interesting clash of styles as well. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the Grizzlies have something that I think the Magic are desperately looking for. And, and I think that that's, you know, that's something a lot of Magic fans, and I know a lot of what we've been talking about on Locked on Magic when it comes to how this team moves forward and gets better is is finding that guy, you know, that that dude, so to speak. And, you know, what's been really exciting about watching the Grizzlies this year is watching how quickly John Morant has kind of taken over the NBA, just his ability to make shots and, and run run a team and and kind of guide that young team forward. I mean, it, it I know it's not all him, and I know that they've had a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces work for them. You know, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, it, you know, as, as limited as he can be, sometimes provides some really good veteran leadership. Um, you know, they've got a lot of guys that just play very, very hard. And, and I think they all do take a lot of cues from a guy like Morant, who, you know, at Murray State was always a guy that had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And even being a number number two pick, you know, it definitely feels like he's playing like he has to prove himself and prove his place in the league. And, you know, presumptive rookie of the year, he's certainly done that. And, and he's just a, such an exciting player to watch. And it's easy to see how a team like the Grizzlies can take all their cues from him. And it just... It just feels like Memphis has, you know, a future star in 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 the midst with with John Morant. Um, you know, he's just he's. I was high on him coming out of college, just watching him and how he played at Murray State. You know, certainly with the way that he played against a team like Florida State, who you know my viewer my listeners are probably a little more familiar with. Um, you know, I did I knew that I thought that he would be very good. I didn't think he'd be this good this quickly. And Memphis has obviously caught a little bit of lightning in a bottle and have certainly I think advanced much faster and much quicker than than they thought they would. And the thing about it from a Grizzlies perspective, and I agree with you 110%. We have been searching for that for a while, even in our grit and grind during our grit and grind era, which we've become known for, searching for that true, you know, potential superstar. And that is there in John Moran. He's got a good supporting cast led by Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark. But to the Magic, I, I think the Magic, yes. The Magic are one of those teams. They're one of the teams that I most want a star on. Kind of like Jimmy Butler going to Miami. I would really love for the Magic to be able to find a true go-to talent because I think the Magic are a very, very good team, and that's what impresses me about it. They remind me a lot of the um, grit grind Grizzlies. I think you know they, they, they slow the game down. Defense first, but they that they physical you. They they make it to where you don't want to face them, and that's how they play well. And they probably play you know above you know their heads. They've got a lot of lottery picks on there. So a lot of them have not developed, but interesting talents. Fultz and Isaac, you know, could they develop into potential All Star level players? Possibly. But the thing I will give Steve Clifford and that I admire about him. That team has taken on his personality. He was known as a defensive coach. He did um, some impressive things um, with the with the Bobcats, Hornets, um, but he also is doing impressive things down in um, with the Magic, a team that's really bought into his identity. And I really do think that eventually, if they could ever lure a marquee talent down there, I think Clifford has the ability to develop a roster that can play through defense. If they can get an offensive go-to guy. I really think that they could turn some heads over the next few years in the Eastern Conference playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's uh, that's so much of what the next step for the Magic is 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 finding that guy. Whether they develop it internally, I mean, I think there's still a little bit of hope that Markel Fultz can could grow into that guy, um, and or or Jonathan Isaac even grow into that guy, or, or you know, even Aaron Gordon. I think there's still a little bit of hope that he could make that star leap that I think a lot of people expected him to make this year that that he never quite did. Um, but you know, you're absolutely right. You know, Steve Clifford has really done such an amazing job, kind of changing this team's culture. You know, they, Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball operations, promised when Steve Clifford came in that Steve Clifford teams don't beat themselves. And, and that's just proven to be true over and over again. While, you know, certainly this roster is flawed. There's a reason they're, they're eighth in the East once again, or eighth in the East again. Um, they, 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 I think they still have a lot of growth potential and, and, and I'm eager to see what steps they take next. And, and you know, I, you know I, I think for both our teams, for the Grizzlies and the Magic, playing the rest of the season, getting into the playoffs, experiencing playoff pressure, experiencing playoff preparation, because, you know, you're not going to have playoff atmosphere, but experiencing playoff pressure is so important to the next step in their growth because you don't understand what it takes to win until you're playing against other winning teams. And and I think that's what the playoffs really provide young teams is, is just this understanding of this is different. This is something, this is a next level that I have to work to. Well, Philip, hopefully we will get to the next level as Magic and Grizzlies fans here soon. But in a basketball, in a city that thrives to learn as much about basketball as possible, please take this opportunity, introduce us to you a little bit. Now, again, I can't thank you so much for you know allowing this opportunity to happen for us to talk. Where can folks find you, and you know how might they how might they be able to learn more about the Magic? You know, currently. Yeah, um, definitely check check me out on Twitter. You can follow me there at Philip R underscore OMD. And of course, download the Lockdown Magic podcast. You can also check out my work at orlandomagicdaily.com. Just uh, go to Orlando Magic Daily. Um, we're you know covering a lot of the team now, you know, exploring a lot of these issues that we've been talking about as well as some of the future. And, and like I said earlier, they're currently airing classic magic games on Fox Sports Florida. So we're revisiting some of the glory days of the magic as well with the 2009 uh, playoff run on, on TV at the moment. So uh, we're, we're, we cover everything about the Orlando Magic from the past, the present, and and the future. So you know we're we're, we're definitely eager to to talk Orlando Magic basketball anytime we can. And for those who are listening through Locked On Magic, my, again, my name is Sean Coleman. Uh, me and my fellow co-host, Mark King, we do the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Locked On Grizz. I also do uh, some of my writing over at Grizzly Bear Blues, a part of the SD Nation uh, blogging network. Um, obviously, you can follow myself at StatsSAC. On Twitter, you can follow Mark King over at King underscore producer. We're consistently talking about the different aspects of the Grizzlies, how incredible this rebuild has started off, and just a lot of the different things. While our history is not as deep as the Magic, we've had our own uh, bits of through Fox Sports South, um, a rundown of the Grizzlies' best games and things such as that. So, been watching a lot of those games. But we would certainly welcome you know your interest and definitely um, look forward to another opportunity uh, to speak again in the near future, hopefully about more successes. But for myself, Sean Coleman, um, Philip, do you have anything to end the podcast with? We'll see you in the finals, man. Hey, hey, we'll see you in the finals, hopefully this year. But uh, for <laughs> Philip Rossman Wright, my name is John Coleman. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Locked on Grizzlies, Locked on Magic, um, NBA simulcast, whatever you want to call it. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay safe and well. We'll see you next time. And I want to thank Sean for having me on Locked on Grizzlies and, and for uh, sharing his thoughts on, on the Memphis Grizzlies and, and where we both stand on, on how the NBA should come back. Uh, for the two eight seeds in the NBA. Definitely an interesting time in the NBA. We're eagerly awaiting 
the NBA's return to play proposal. Of course, we got the NHL's return to play proposal, which I thought was very, very interesting as well. Um, what they're doing is they're having the top four seats in each conference play sort of round robin against each other to determine their final seating. And then uh, the remaining 16 teams uh, that are going to their to their sites, or they're going to do two sites, uh, the remaining 16 teams would play a best of five series and, and sort of a seeded tournament to determine who advances to the next round of the playoffs. So definitely an interesting proposal. It wouldn't surprise me if the NBA does something very similar. Um, another idea that's been circulating around NBA circles uh, on Tuesday was Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer suggests that the NBA try a World Cup-style group play tournament where the first round is a group play. Uh, you'd have... Uh, four groups of five. Um, you, you'd play everyone within your group twice, so that would get you eight games before the before the playoffs start. And the top two teams in each group advance to the second round, and then you play the second round out as normally as possible. I, I think that's certainly an interesting idea. I think that would, um, as we mentioned uh, in the podcast as well, uh, and that would obviously not be seeded by conference too. Um, but as we mentioned in the podcast, um, the big challenge for the NBA facing here is trying to create the incentives for teams that are outside the playoff picture to compete and have something to play for to make it worth their time. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if we said, I don't believe we said this, but, um, you know, I, I told Sean before we started recording, you know, if they go straight to the playoffs, top 16 teams, I don't think there's much incentive for the Magic to play, although I think the Magic could gain a lot of value. I don't think there's a ton of incentive for the Magic to play um, if they're just going to play the Milwaukee Bucks four times and go home. I, I don't think that that's worth it for for the for them. Um, I think that they need something a little bit more substantial and certainly the potential to play eight games, have a chance to advance to the second round but in a group play format uh, would be a much more uh, interesting and much more um, uh, a much more kind of motivating uh, reward for a team like the Magic, but could also be a motivating reward for a team like the Pelicans or the team like the Spurs or a team like the Kings to give them a chance to get to the next round. But again, by my count, um, there are 20 teams in the NBA right now that are either in the playoffs or within five games of the final playoff spot. I would take those 20 teams, sorry, Washington, I would take those 20 teams uh, and, and do what I can with the rest of the season with them. Um, like, like, I've, like I've said as well, I think it is vitally important that the NBA have um, have a regular season run-up to get teams back into rhythm before we get into the more serious playoff uh, games that, that we normally see in the second round. Uh, plus, 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 of course, um, you've got... Uh, you know, you've got you've got you've got to try and protect uh, the better teams as well, and, and make sure that they uh, advance because you know the NBA is fairly predictable. The best team usually is you can usually spot the championship teams in, in, in the regular season or, 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 or even in the preseason. So uh, I think there's a lot of issues to consider for the Orlando Magic. But that's gonna kind of do it for me here today. I want to thank Sean Coleman again once again for uh, having me on his podcast. You can check them out at Locked On Grizzlies. Um, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. Follow the podcast. Follow Locked On Magic on Twitter at Locked On Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. On the latest episode, Josh Lloyd reviews Onyeke Okongwu. Probably the best center prospect in this upcoming draft as they continue their draft profiles um, going on as we wait for the season to begin again. You can check that out on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Wherever you download podcasts, be sure to check out Locked On Grizzlies while you're, you are there and searching for podcasts too. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.